Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, people? Welcome to the post-game number crunch. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting, creator of the Howls and Growls Timberwolves newsletter, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Kana Supers and SB Nation. If you'd like to subscribe to Howls and Growls, follow the link in the show notes, or head to howlsandgrowls.substack.com to grab a free trial or a $3 per month subscription. It's a new year. It might just be a new Wolves and maybe it's the year you become a House and Growls subscriber. I know that would make me very happy, and I do think that you'd be very happy as well with the content. And we're all very happy right now because the Wolves start the new year off right with a 124-111 win over the first seed Denver Nuggets. It was always going to be the tallest of tasks imaginable to snap the six-game losing skid against an in-form and a talent-laden team like Denver. And theoretically, that mountain only got steeper once the Wolves lost D'Angelo Russell and Nas Reed before the game. But they got the win, and they ended up getting the win pretty comfortably. And of course, there were storylines aplenty. I mean, Nate Knight and Luca Garza were hard to ignore, and both of those guys stepped up and put in really good shifts without Carlton Towns and Nas Reed in the rotation. Anthony Edwards is quietly, kind of quietly, becoming the absolute monster that we all envisioned him becoming this season. And Jaden McDaniels rounded out a bunch of great individual performances with his 21-point night. But I want to focus on Kyle Anderson. I actually wanted to focus on Kyle Anderson after the Pistons game, or at least after the first half of the Pistons game. He was who was in my mind to talk about. But that game went to crap in the second half, obviously, and forced a more somber mood out of me. But tonight is the night that Kyle Anderson gets his shine, I think, and that's why this episode's numbers are 19, 4, 8, and 3. As in the 19 points, 4 rebounds, 8 assists, and 3 steals that Anderson had in this game. Let's take a break, and we'll dive deeper into Anderson's game afterwards. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So again, Anderson finished with 19 points. 
four rebounds, eight assists, and three steals on the night. And while it might maybe hasn't been this pronounced on the scoreboard all season, Anderson has been one of Minnesota's best contributors in a bunch of different areas in the games that he has played, obviously, between the stints on the sidelines with the back spasms that have kind of been hampering him all season. But I do think that we all know about his defense, or we all did know about his defensive versatility before the season. Again, that versatility is insane. He spent time this season checking dominant wing players, and he spent time checking high usage guards. And then you throw him into the into the deep end in a game like this and ask him to spend heavy minutes guarding, guarding Nikola Jokic while Rudy Gobert floats off Aaron Gordon as a rim defender and as a helper. And while Joker got his like he always does, Anderson did enough to pester and hassle the two-time MVP. And he really made it a pretty frustrating night for Jokic. But again, we kind of knew that he could do things like this. We knew he was long and kind of surprisingly agile for the way he plays. We knew how he has been able to carve out roles with defensively adept coaches like Greg Popovich and Taylor Jenkins. And we knew that he would do a job on that end in most matchups and against most teams. I think what has felt more surprising is how ridiculously helpful he is offensively. And that really manifested itself in this game. When the Wolves needed a fast start, he was there kind of loping his way to the rim, getting buckets inside in his weird and funky way. When they needed a settler, as things started to drift into their usual chaos in the third quarter, he was there knocking down a big catch-and-shoot three and making a bunch of really smart plays. And when they needed to move the ball and avoid devolving into the isolation junk that they've been playing lately in second halves in the last quarter of this game, he was there again, moonlighting kind of as a point guard and making a lot of smart decisions with the ball in his hands. And that's kind of what he's done all season, right? It's felt a bit segmented and junked up because he hasn't, because he's missed all those games with the recurring back spasms. But Anderson has been a do it all lifesaver for much of this season, and most of that has been on the offensive side of the ball. For the season as a whole, the Timberwolves are 5.2 points per 100 possessions better offensively when Anderson is on the floor, only Anthony Edwards at 10.3 and Jordan McLaughlin at 9 points per 100, ranked better than him on the team so far in that category. Minnesota's effective field goal percentage is 3.6% better when Anderson is on the floor. That ranks in the 88th percentile league-wide. They turn the ball over 1.2% less. That ranks in the 76th percentile. The Wolves as a whole shoot 7.5% better at the rim when he is out there. That's good for the 95th percentile, and they shoot 3.7% better from three-point range, 87th percentile. Really, I could blabber on with numbers like this all day. There's a lot of them out there for Anderson, but the point is that Minnesota plays a whole lot better offensively when he's on the court. Again, we know what he does and we know what he can do defensively, but it's been this offense that's doing the heavy lifting for him so far and for the team so far. And I think before we wrap this up, and stop the Kyle Anderson love fest, although I can't guarantee that I won't keep it going for the whole season because I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think he's just a really, really great player. I think it's important that we touch on 
what it does for Anthony Edwards when he's playing alongside Anderson, and especially in the games where D'Angelo Russell doesn't play. I don't necessarily think this is a dig at D'Lo, although there is a discussion to be had in there somewhere, I think. But when Anderson and Edwards are allowed to share the ball handling and PG1 duties and allow someone like Jalen Noel or Matt Ryan now or even Austin Rivers to operate in a pretty strictly off-ball role, then it really feels like this offense starts to pop a lot more than when they have a traditional point guard out there. It's obviously a super small and chunked up sample size, so I don't really have any numbers on this, but it just feels like Ant and Anderson complement each other well in terms of Ant's scoring dominance and then Anderson's penchant for getting downhill and playmaking for others off those downhill drives. It's just a fun pairing. Anderson is a fun player. He was very fun in this game, very helpful. Again, a really nice stat line, a really well-rounded stat line. I didn't really mention the rebounding. Again, he only had four rebounds, but Minnesota were much better in this game on the glass, which has obviously been a huge bugaboo for them this season. And Anderson was in there all the time, getting balls, tipping balls out, kind of mixing up with Aaron Gordon, mixing up with Nikola Jokic, doing a lot of the things that this team needs to do that don't necessarily show up in actual rebounds per game. And that is just another part of why Anderson is such a fun player and why this was such a fun win over the Denver Nuggets. It'd be nice to see more fun wins in 2023, right? We didn't get enough of them in the back end of 2022. Next up is the Portland Trailblazers. Hopefully that is a fun win or a fun game. I'll be here to discuss it. I hope you will be too.